Out of being Gilly, good morning. I'll step aside, Jared. If you need me to step aside, I'll step no. aside. No, Alex McQueen. You have my over. full support, Adam. <laughs> okay, thanks, Loz. I need a horse from you. You were filthy at him because he stole some of your thunder because of his eight dollar fifty winner last week. Yeah, but that was only off air. No, on air, I'm right behind yeah. you. That was behind his back. <laughs> Full support of the board, Lord. Full support of the board. <laughs> you know how we operate. <laughs> Just some footy news first, Adam. Is anything going right for the Dragons? Anything? Uh, in, the sh- in the short answer, Jared, no, not at the moment. Um, some more bad news yesterday. Francis Molo fronting Port Kemble local court over an incident in the week before Christmas. There was a domestic violence incident. His lawyers on his behalf pleaded guilty yesterday. He hasn't had a conviction or a penalty sort of uh, finalised by the court there yesterday, but no doubt the NRL will be taking a very close look at that incident. I've got to be careful what I say. It hasn't been finalised by the court yet, mm. obviously, but he did play in the Charity Shield match on the weekend up there at Mudgee for the Dragons against South, so... It just keeps adding up, doesn't it, Jared? I, like there are a lot of there are a lot of good people at that club, and don't get me wrong, there are a lot of good people trying to trying to do a lot of good things for that club. But gee, some of the misdemeanors from the playing group in the last twelve to eighteen months is just it's just ridiculous. It's just so silly. You go back to Junior Amone, obviously who's front and court over those charges of an alleged hammer attack. We saw the two boys, Zane Musgrove and Michaela Ravalara, on the weekend at Mudgee, and now this incident here where Francis Molo's pleaded guilty in. They just, they just can't get anything right off the field at the moment. So whether this translates to on the field, Loz, you're probably a bit better judge than me, but it's just not a good way to start the season, is it? No, it's not a good way. And it's terrible, actually, with all, everything that's going on uh, off the field. Uh, we saw it at the back end of last season with them not turning up for the presentation night. Mm. We see a number of issues in the off-season, and it'll affect them, no, no doubt about it. I, look, I, I cannot have the Dragons running any better than 12th. Mm, mm. I, I, I can't have them playing finals football this year with everything that's going on. Their roster uh, needs a change. Uh, I said it last year. I think that there's a lot of decisions that need to be that made there on that playing group. And one thing you do with all these off-field issues is go, boys, whoever wants out, regardless of who you are, let's sort it out. You can move on because mm. they need to shake up. Mm. In, yeah, my, that, that, in my opinion, they need to shake up. And yeah. that, that roster needs to change. Otherwise, you're just going to keep getting the same results. And if players aren't disciplined now, after all the drama they've been through, when do they change? Yeah. I think, to be fair, I was in a couple of years ago, they probably did the right thing by trying to bank on a lot of these kids coming through. Your, your Terrell Sloans, your Jaden Sullivans, your Junior Amones, your, your Cody Ramseys. And then it just goes to show how fickle the game is. Like, Cody Ramsey goes down with that horrible illness. Mm. He's, un, he's unlikely to play this year. Might not even play football again, full stop, right? So he's out of the equation. You've got Junior Amone with his police charge. His future is you know, hanging in the balance, obviously. And now we've got question marks about whether Terrell Sloan and Jaden mm. Sullivan are going to be the players that many thought they would be. And just your fortunes can change so quickly, can't they, Loz? And, and a lot of those, I think you're right, that roster needs a massive shake-up, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and if you've got young players, though, they're impressionable, all right? So, yep. so if, if you've got a, a group of players and senior players not doing the right thing, well, what happens with these young blokes? Mm. They're, they're walking in there, they're seeing how the senior players are going, and they go... Oh, right. And then they're dealing with issues they shouldn't have to be dealing with. Like when they front Mm. the media, they're getting asked questions. Whereas for these young blokes, it should be about just preparing, playing, learning off the senior players, how to become a professional, what we need to do to get ourselves in the best shape to play our best football and show everyone what we can do.
Yeah. One, one thing I will say, Loz, is they've got a good draw to start the year. Like, in terms of draws, it's about as good as you can get. They had a good draw last year. Yeah, true. They, I think they played the Gold Coast twice in the first five or six weeks this year. They've got the Dolphins, mm-hmm. they've got the Broncos. Like, if you're looking at the start of a competition, you're thinking, okay, we're actually a chance of winning a fair few of these games. And, and they need to. They need to start fast to have absolutely any chance at all of doing anything in the competition. But with just with all this drama, like, it's just... It's, so hard to put to one side, and I, I fear it's going to affect them on the football field as well. Saw some racing and uh, final fields there yesterday, and Enemo and In Secret, the big Godolphin pair to start favourites in the Group 1s in Sydney at Randwick on Saturday. Yeah, they're going to start very short, aren't they, Jerry? Just given the barrier draws there on the weekend, the profiles of, of both horses. I just want to touch on Animo really quickly, if that's all right, boys. Like, he's, he's gunning for his eighth Group 1 win there on the weekend in the Chipping Norton Stakes, so you look at the barrier draw, you look at his form, you look at the field, you think, okay, everything's stacking up for him really nicely for this race. Where's he going to sit in terms of – how do you think we'll reflect on him in 12 months' time when he's finished his career, if he can rack up another one, two, maybe three group ones? Like he's, a, he's a special, special horse. To win group ones as a two-year-old, a three-year-old, now as a four-year-old. Like, I think it hasn't been done since Show a Heart, going back 20-odd years ago, right? And I think he's the first stallion since Octagonal to do it back in the 1990s. So – he is an amazing horse. I know he doesn't win by huge margins, but he just seems to get the job done every single time. I am desperately keen to see what Karen McAvoy is going to do on Fangirl in this race here on the weekend because she's drawn barrier one. She just cannot get as far back as what she did um, last start, and she looks the legitimate danger team on paper, if there is one. If she can just settle a couple of pairs close, it'll give her a lot better chance. But having said that, J-Mac on board from a sweet barrier in three is going to be extremely hard to beat Animo. If he'd won that Cox Plate, which many still thinks he should have, and you win two Cox plates in a row. I mean, that's probably what just keeps him below is putting him in that absolute elite category. With you know, Well, you know, a comparison, I guess, is So You Think. Um, we probably, because So You Think then went overseas after winning two Cox plates and had success over, over in uh, Europe, we'd probably have So You Think just ahead of Enemo, wouldn't we? I mean, that's how fickle it is, isn't it, when we have these pub debates, what horse is better, et cetera. And the other thing probably against him is the fact that we just say, you know, our weight for age ranks aren't what they were, you know, 15, 20 years ago, et cetera. So, it, 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 like, when you look at that Cox Plate, if he won two in a row, we'd probably push him just a little bit further up. Would you agree, I, Adam? I think you're exactly right, Jared. And I'm on the record by saying that he should have won that race a couple of years ago. I think the stewards made a bad decision on that day. I know it's very subjective and whatever else, but I, I honestly and legitimately thought that there was definitely grounds to to uphold that protest and reverse the result. And you're right. If, if he's, We're talking about him as a two-time Cox Plate winner right now. And mm. say he goes on to win the Queen Elizabeth like later in the autumn up here in Sydney, then he goes down as one of our all-time greats. But unfortunately, we'll never know about that Cox Plate a couple of years ago and he's got some pretty big fish to fry over in Europe at, at Royal Ascot and potentially later this year. So, yep, still a fair bit to play out with Animo. Adam, what's happened with Ice Bath? Yeah, just a bit of a setback, Clarky. Brad Widdop reported to Stewart she was struggling with a hoof issue earlier this week, and unfortunately she hasn't come and responded to treatment with with that problem. So she won't be contesting the Guy Walter Stakes this week, and she's going to be one of the leading chances for that race. So unfortunately she's out this weekend, which is a real shame, because I thought her first up run in the Apollo Stakes was fantastic, and we know that she loves the, the wet tracks and the bit of sting out of the, out of the ground, which she'll get obviously up here in Sydney throughout the autumn. So... Let's hope she can get back on track. She's probably coming towards the end of her racing days. I'd imagine she's been a fantastic mare for Brad and the connections for, for, for many, many seasons now. So let's hope we get to see her back on the track at least a couple more times before the end of the autumn carnival. Speaking of the Cox Plate and Racing Victoria, 
made some confirmations about their calendar later this year and the Cox Plate staying in its usual spot. But, gee, doesn't the Melbourne Racing Club, Caulfield, benefit from the changes, Adam? Yeah, what a whole hullabaloo this has been, Jared, hasn't it? Like, they they obviously floated the idea out in the press for, for a couple of weeks there to try and gauge a reaction from certain sections of the of the... I suppose the racing public, and I think the reaction was definitely mixed. I think probably more people favouring and staying in its traditional slot, and they've decided to do that. So I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. I wouldn't have thought the one, or I suppose a couple of big changes from the Spring Carnival with the Manicado Stakes going back to Cox Plate Day, and remember all that. I suppose that drama on Manicado Stakes night last year, we had that massive electrical storm and the horses going out on the track and. By necessity, they had to push it back to Cox Plate Day, and it turned out to be a, a, a great success. The wagering was up on the race. It added, I think, to the, the support races on the program outside the Cox Plate, so they'll keep that on Cox Plate Day. And then the other change is the 1,000 guineas going back into November a few weeks for the Melbourne Racing Club. So, yeah, I think, obviously, the big talking point was the Cox Plate. They've kept it at its traditional slot. I think it's probably the right decision, and I can't say they're going to change it anytime soon. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, now, we've got a text here for you which I'm sure you probably haven't looked at this yet but uh, we'll ask you anyway hey hey, lads can you ask Adam what he thinks about Mogo Magic in the highway this weekend uh, trained by Scott Collings at Goulburn and uh, it's come off two trial wins and it's won its first two starts so there's one maybe to have a look at and report back tomorrow mate I'll definitely report back tomorrow I've got to do my form tonight I know it's a short price favour I looked at the market there yesterday but I'll dig into the form a bit more tomorrow Jared and report back uh, tomorrow morning there's another one here, Adam. Does Adam give Mars Crusader a chance in the Oakley Plate? I noticed the horse is unbeaten in Melbourne on a turn. Obviously, hates the Flemington straight. Is it a throw at the stumps at 34 to 1? Oh, it has to be, Laws. 1,100 metres. You think he's going to be running off his feet, wouldn't you? He's just slow out of the gates. So we go going like the clappers in an Oakley Plate. I think the Hawks team have got to try something with him because he's, he's, he's been down in his best form for a while now. So... Maybe getting back to Melbourne around a bend might suit him because we, we've definitely seen he hasn't produced his best down the straight in recent times. He's probably not really a race up here for him in Sydney. I wouldn't have thought until maybe the TJ Smith or, or the all-age potentially. So I can understand why they're doing it, but he's going to struggle to get up with him, isn't he, in the early stages unless he jumps cleanly from the gate. So if someone wants to back him at that price, I'm not going to deter them, but I wouldn't think it's probably the most ideal race for him. I wouldn't have thought Master Crusader. Well, you know, with the Oakley Plate, there's probably going to be... Might- Six to eight hard luck stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to your mail tomorrow too, mate. Thanks so much. Thanks, boys. We'll chat tomorrow.